Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, we'll be sharing an inspiring message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. A part of me wants to preach about this, but it's like, no, I got to change it up. I can't always preach about the same thing. But it's something that has changed my life in such a powerful way. And, and I, I'm grateful to be able to share in this amazing church, the best church in the world, if you ask me. <laughs> some, some of you that are new, you're like, you guys are just too loud. Something's wrong with you. And, and I think you're going to be able to understand a little bit better after this message why we are the way that we are. Because we're obsessed. <laughs> so Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. As I keep reading, I, want, I just want to invite you, open up your heart. You came to church today? Receive something, right? You came to church today? You came to receive a word from God. So act like you're ready to receive. I, I hope that didn't sound mean, because I, I might sound a little mean through, through my whole message. Not, in, not intentionally. I, I promise, not intentionally. But, um, you know, open up your heart like, like you're expecting to receive from God. Amen? She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So Jesus goes to the house of a woman named Martha and Martha has a sister named Mary, and she's seated at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he has to say, wanting to catch every single word out of the mouth of Jesus. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I want to read something else, uh, something short that's found, and you can just write it down. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. And it says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Let's close our eyes and just ask God to minister. Ask God in your own words to speak into your heart. Say, God, I don't want to waste this Friday night in your house. I believe that you are here. I want to be seated at your feet as Mary was, wanting to catch every word that you have for me, God. Speak into my life. Speak into my heart. You are the God who created the universe through speaking words, Lord. And I know that you can create freedom in my life. I know that you can set me free from bondages and sin. I know that you can set me free so that I can live a life of joy and happiness. I know that you can bring healing into my marriage, into my family, and into my life. So speak your word tonight, we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, beautiful story. Um, Jesus comes to the house of Martha. Martha actually invited Jesus into her house. And as, she, as Jesus is there, 
sharing the word of God, she's busy doing good stuff. I don't know if she was preparing the food, cooking the food, because Jesus had 12 hungry disciples. I don't know if she was cleaning because she didn't know that Jesus was going to come. So every woman wants to have their, their house nice and clean when people are over. I don't know what she was doing, but she wasn't doing anything bad. And she comes to Jesus thinking that Jesus is going to defend her. So she says, Jesus, my sister is just sitting down right there listening to you teach while I'm doing all the work. Tell her to help me. Tell her to do something, and she thought Jesus was going to say, Mary, come on, don't let your sister do all the work by herself, but Jesus actually takes an opportunity to rebuke, to form, to correct something that was wrong in Martha's life, and I want to take this time to rebuke, to form, to correct the most important thing that might be out of order in your life. Formation isn't yelling. Formation is bringing back into order what needs to be in the right order. And Jesus right here, he takes time to say, Martha, you got the most important thing wrong. And I believe there are many here that you've missed the most important thing in your life. And I believe God wants to form you today. How many of you guys want to receive formation from God? Amen. You know, the, the, the story tells us something that's so true, and that is that we get distracted many times doing a lot of things, and as we do that, we miss out on the most important thing in life. When you begin to feel overwhelmed, like there's just a bunch of stuff happening, and you can't handle it, it's a good sign that you're not doing the one thing that you should be doing. Because when you're doing the one thing that you should be doing, everything else is so insignificant that it can't make you anxious, it can't make you worried, and it can't make you stressed out. So all anxiety, all worriness is a sign that you're not doing the one thing that you should be doing. Amen? And so I want to speak a couple of points that I believe is going to minister to your life. And the first one is, if you have everything but you don't have him, you don't have anything. If you have everything, but you don't have him, you don't have nothing. If you have everything, but you don't have him, you don't have anything. There's so many people that take their lives committing suicide, and they have everything the world tells them. But they don't have the one thing that they need. And his name is Jesus. And he tells Mary, you're distracted with so many things, but few things are necessary. Indeed, only one. And he says, he points at her sister, and she chose the right thing, and it will never be taken care of, taken away from her. What was she doing? She was passionately obsessed loving Jesus. What is it to be a Christian? It is to be passionately obsessed with Jesus. Let me take a little parenthesis. You know, we've done something kind of bad, and that is we made the priority to be a Christian, not to be a disciple. And a Christian, a Christian is just somebody that came up one day and made a prayer. But Jesus never held a service where he said, whoever wants to receive me, come up and make a prayer. No, he said, whoever wants to come after me must deny themselves, take up their cross if they want to be my disciples. Now, it's not wrong to come up and make a prayer. Most likely, I'm going to give people an opportunity to do that. But I want you to know what really matters to Jesus is that you would deny your life, take up your cross, and follow him wholeheartedly. There's no such thing as I'm a Christian, but I'm not a disciple. There's no such thing as I have a Savior, but I don't have him as my Lord. 
If he's your savior, then, then he must be your Lord. And that means he tells me what I do because he's my master. I'm not my master. And the reason I say this is because I don't want anybody that one day made a prayer to think that you're fine because you made a prayer. Because that's a lie. Jesus only has disciples. And then the many. The crowd. So you have to choose. I don't want to like water it down for you. And you end up living your whole life thinking you're right with God. And then you stand before him. And he says, I never knew you. Right? So we need to know the truth. Do you rather me speak to you something that makes you feel good? Or do you rather have the truth of God? The truth, right? So let's, let's be real, right? If you have everything but you don't have him, you have nothing. What does that look like? In the apostle Paul's life, he said, I consider everything garbage for the sake of knowing him. That's a passionate, obsessed person with Jesus. Everything else is garbage in comparison to knowing him. Amen? Jesus gave a parable. He says, the kingdom of God is like a pearl that is found in the field. And when the man finds that pearl, he buries it again. He sells everything he has in order to buy that field so he can have that pearl. Is that Jesus to you? Did you sell everything in order so that you can have Jesus? If you haven't, you might be a Christian, but you're not a disciple. You might call yourself a Christian, but a real disciple is one who sells everything so that he can have the pearl of great price. And his name is Jesus. He's our passionate obsession. The next part is going to get a little more uncomfortable. The second point, the number one responsibility of every disciple is to live passionately in love with God. Your number one responsibility you need to get this. Your number one, what do I have to do as a disciple of Jesus? I'm telling you, your number one responsibility, because you might get a lot of other stuff right, but if you don't get this right, you miss the whole thing. So your number one responsibility as a disciple of Jesus is to live passionately in love with God. Everybody is passionate about something. Everybody in life, and we live in a culture where it's okay to be passionate about everything else but God. You can be passionate about a soccer team. You can be passionate about a football team. You can be obsessed with dogs, with cats, with plants, and you're good. You know, when somebody is, is obsessed with a team, like, like whatever team, I, it's not bad to, to love or, or to have your team. But when someone's obsessed about a team, they call him a fan. And when someone's obsessed about Jesus, they call him a fanatic. You guys get that? How crazy it is that people can come to a church and they're like, what's wrong with these people? They're all excited about God. But then you can go to a football team and everybody's obsessed passionately, you know, cheering the football team. And that's okay. That's a lie. The one thing that you should be passionate about, the only thing that will matter in your life is to live a life passionately in love with Jesus. And if you come to church and you can't passionately worship God, then I'm going to explain it later, but you're living in sin. <laughs> God had to rebuke me one day. Really, You know, one of the scariest things is to need to repent and not know you need to repent. It's to have to repent of something and you're not even aware of it. 
That's a scary thing because you remain in your sin. God had to rebuke me one day because I would sing about how much I love God. And I felt like God put in my heart, you don't really love me. Why is it so hard for you to spend time with me? You know, we say, I love you, God. And we sing things like, there's no place I would rather be. And yet you never spend time with God. Is there really no place you'd rather be? Why is it that the only time you set apart time for God is when you come to church? And Jesus said to the church of Ephesians, you've done so many things right, but I have this one thing against you. You have forgotten your first love. And he tells them, repent and go back. And I'm telling you today, you need to repent because you've forgotten your first love. His name is Jesus. Why aren't you passionately in love with Jesus? Why are you so passionate about so many other things, but you're not passionate about God? Why isn't your main thought when you wake up in the morning to be with him, to spend time with him, to tell him how much you love him? You've turned away from your first love. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I was a Christian. I was a leader already, and God had to rebuke me that he was no longer my first love. That it was so hard for me to spend time with him. When you're in love with somebody, you can spend hours with them and the day goes by and you just want more and more time. Is that really how you feel about God? I don't care if you're a leader. Honestly, check your heart. Is that really how you feel about God? Because Jesus said the number one greatest commandment is to love me passionately with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. That's the number one greatest commandment. So that tells me that the greatest sin is to disobey that commandment. Your greatest sin is to not, not commit sexual immorality. Your greatest sin is not loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Amen? Amen. This is the truth. Amen. This is the word of God. It's changed my life. I want it to change your life. He has to be your everything. And if he's not, that's okay. But know that you're not a disciple of Jesus. And that's good. I'm not a disciple of Jesus. I know what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus. I have to give up my whole life and make him my everything. When I'm ready to do it, I'm going to do it. But if you're not ready to do it, don't call yourself a disciple of Jesus. Amen? I don't mean that in a mean way. I just want you to know the truth. You know, how would, how would I, I'm not a very, like, outgoing person, but I'm passionate about God, you know, and, and when I talk about God, you know, I'm, I'm not a, like, you talk to me about other stuff, like, I'm a pretty lame person, like, kind of, <laughs> I'm pretty boring, you know, to be honest, um, I'm trying to learn more about, like, UFC and other stuff so I can have conversations <laughs> with people better, but I am passionate about God, you know, and, and I believe that. If I got that down, then I'll work at the other stuff little by little, you know. But I want to have the number one thing down. And how would you feel if Elaine was singing up here and Doris and they had no passion? You would think they don't really believe what they're singing. They don't really have a passion. But, but that's how many of us, we live our lives passionless about God. The greatest sin in your life is to live a life passionless for God. The, the third thing is the worst sin a Christian of a Christian is lukewarmness. The worst sin of a Christian 
is lukewarmness. You know, I, I realized a long time ago that I can try to talk to people about, like, stop committing sexual morality, stop getting drunk, stop doing that. But you know what? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. You don't have to focus on trying to stop doing that so much. Fall in love with Jesus. You won't want to do any of that. Fall in love with Jesus. Make that your number one greatest goal. If you're going to do something this year, make it. I'm going to live the rest of my life passionate about Jesus. Amen? Amen. You guys receiving? The, the worst sin of a Christian is that of lukewarmness. And there's some parts in the Bible. You know, I was like, uh, God, I was pastor. I was like, God, should I preach this? Like, um, and then I started like reading a little bit of revelations. And I was like, man, Jesus didn't play no games. Like anywhere in the Bible, Jesus did not play games. And I'm not saying, you know, I love preaching nice sermons. You know, I think it's, <laughs> it's good. But, but at the same time, Jesus didn't, didn't play games, you know. He would tell it like it is. He would tell people, if your eye is causing you to sin, it's better for you to gouge out your eye than for you to go with both of your eyes into hell. It's better for you to go into heaven with one eye. He wasn't playing games. He was like, whatever it takes to get right with God, if you got to rip out your eye, make sure you don't go to hell, then do whatever it takes. I don't want any one of you to go to hell. Hell is a real place. It's a real freaking scary place. That, that God doesn't want any of you to go to. And if you're taking the things of God as a joke, I don't care if you're 12 years old or you're 40 years old, the things of God is, is not a game. Eternity is not a game. You want to make sure you make the right decisions. Amen? Amen. You know, the reason I say that this is the greatest sin, there's no part in the Bible that I know of that God says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. There's only one part. He says to the church of Laodicea in, in Revelations 3, he says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one of the other. Like God's saying, I, rather, I wish you were at least cold, like a cold-blooded sinner, rebellion. But he says, I wish that you were at least one of those two, but because you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. This is the sin that God despises the most, is to live a passionless life. Pastor Pablo has taught us that the, that the opposite of, of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is what? Indifference. Indifference. It's when you just don't feel. It's when the pastor's preaching. It's when you read the word of God and you just don't care. You just don't feel. And that's the generation we live in. People don't care about God. And this is the thing that God says that he hates, that it makes him feel like vomiting when he sees a Christian who's living a passionless, whole half-hearted life. You need, if you're a disciple of Jesus, it's not an option. You have to live your life passionate about God. It's not like, you know, some people think like, yeah, I'm just going to be cool with God. You know, I'm going to go to church and like, you know, I'm cool with God. But God's like, either be cold or be hot. Stop playing games because that makes me feel disgusted. I can't, I can't handle that. I can't. He'll vomit you out of his mouth. This is the word of God. It's in Revelations chapter 3. 
God doesn't want unpassionless people. Let me explain why. Because Jesus created you, and then out of passionate love, he saw you in your rebellion and your sin. And with all his passion, he went to the cross, shed his blood so that you can have life, not so that you can live a lukewarm life. He... He poured out his love for you with all the passion that he had. How dare you respond? How dare I respond to him with an unpassionate life, with an unpassionate love for God? He don't deserve that. And he, it says he makes him sick. And you know what? <laughs> if it's convicting you, good, good, then you need to repent. You need to repent. We need to turn away. We need to say, no more games, God. I'm going to live the rest of my life passionately in love with you. Amen? I'm almost done. Um, number four, we all have time for what matters most. We all have time for what matters most. Don't tell me you don't have time for God. Don't tell me you don't have time for prayer. Because when you want something, you'll make time. That's baloney. We all have time. Martha had to be rebuked because she was too busy doing good stuff. She wasn't sinning. She wasn't doing anything evil. Maybe for you it's like, I have to work. I have my family. I have this. But I'm telling you, if you're passionately in love with God, you'll make time for him. The reason you don't make time for him is because you're not passionately in love with him. So be honest with yourself and don't make excuses and say, I don't have time. I'm so busy. No, you have time for what matters to you the most. You know, a, a passionate, obsessed lover of Jesus was, was King David. And if you read in Psalm 42, he says, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for you. When can I meet with you, O God? Like, he was describing a deer that is dying of thirst, desperate for water. He said, that's how I feel about God. When can I meet with you, God? When can I spend time with you? Do you feel that way about God? Do you feel that way about God? Or do you just give him time whenever you're free? Your, your five minutes that you have to do your devotional, that's crap. That's crap. That's not discipleship. You guys know what I'm saying? That's not right, man. He deserves way more than that. And if only one of you leave this place making a decision to turn away and make God your everything, then praise God. I thank God for this. He deserves your life. He deserves your time. He deserves your passion. He deserves your love. He deserves everything. And if you're not giving it to him, turn away and give it to him. Give him what he deserves. I don't know why I'm preaching like this. It's not, it's not the way. <laughs> so honestly, those of you guys that are in my cell group, you know this is not the way I like to preach. But, man, this is, this is it. If we, if we can't get this right, if you can't get this right, you're not going to get anything else right. This is where everything flows from. You know, I have a big, deep desire to, to, to win this world for Jesus. I have a great desire to make disciples like he told me to make. But I understand that I can even do that and miss out on this. And, and God says, you can do all this stuff, but if you don't have love, you're doing nothing. You're not doing anything. 
He told Peter, Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. We make disciples because we love him, not because it makes us feel better about ourselves. And I've been at a place where ministry has become an idol to me, where I found my identity and my satisfaction from doing things from God. And that's not right. For me to use the altar of God to feel better about myself, God is God. The last point is God is not an end to a mean. He is the end. If all your prayers are about God, bless me, bless my family, do this for me, then you missed it. It's about him. It's all about him. Your prayers, your life, your passion should revolve around him. God is not here to serve you and your needs and your desires. He's not a genie. He's God. He deserves everything. And if he never wants to bless you, he don't have to. He is the, our pursuit. He is our goal. He told Abraham, I am your exceeding and great reward. It's not the son that you're praying for, Abraham. It's me. I'm your reward. Is God your everything? Is God the reward? Is he the one you're pursuing? And, you know, I honestly, honestly, I started living such a satisfied, enjoyable life because if you're chasing the wrong things, you're never going to feel satisfied. And when I realize God is it, he's the end, and I have access to him, then I'm going to live my life satisfied. I'm going to live my life with joy because I already got it. I'm not chasing something else. I'm chasing after him, and he gives me access to him. God is not an ends to your mean so that you can find that one thing that you want. Some of you, are, you get disappointed if you're praying for something and God doesn't give it to you. It's about him. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you so much. Uh, he started blessing me with more when I stopped chasing after things and started chasing after him. And that's the, that's the Bible. Seek the kingdom of God first. And then these things will be added. He has to be the passion of our heart. Go ahead and close your eyes for a moment. Jesus said, whoever is not willing to leave everything to follow me cannot be my disciple. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know if you feel that your life is good. I don't know if you feel that your life is falling apart. But Jesus wants to give you an opportunity tonight to be his disciple, to make him your Lord and your Savior. And he says, if you're willing to just leave everything behind and follow me with all your heart, with everything that you are, then you can be my disciple I will be your closest companion. I will be with you for the, till the very end. And write your name in the book of life. If today you recognize that you need to repent. Not from many specific sins, but the one that I spoke about today. That you haven't made him your everything, your passion, your all. If that's you, I believe God wants to give you an opportunity tonight. And I'm going to invite those of you that, that know that God is ministering to you to come up to the front. 
Nobody needs to push you. If that's not you, but if you know that's you, that you're saying, God, I'm done with, I'm done with playing games. I'm done with everything. I need you. I need you. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God, if I've been so lukewarm with your things, if I've been playing around. But today I decide I'm going to follow you, Jesus.